2 Chronicles chapter number 33 tonight. 2 Chronicles chapter number 33. And uh, man, I appreciate the Lord being good to us and opening up the doors to be able to preach here these days and to just uh, pray for us there at church. Got a lot of things going on <clears throat> and a lot of things I'd like to see get done in 2021. And, uh, you know, we never need to get to a place where we're comfortable where we are. And um, we need to move on for the glory of God and, and uh, make sure it is for His honor and His glory. And uh, once we... Uh, once our motive is right, I believe God will help us and bless us. Even in these days, man, there's so much fear and phobias and uh, apprehension uh, in the world today and really not knowing what's going to happen next. Uh, but I'm glad God knows what we need uh, in the midst of it all. Amen. Uh, Second Chronicles chapter number 33. And uh, I want to read uh, this a little bit tonight out of uh, this life of this man by the name of Manasseh, <laughs> time and time again, you read texts like these where it says, so-and-so did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And uh, we're going to look at a man tonight that did that uh, in the early stages of his life. Second Chronicles chapter number 33. When you find your place, let's stand as we read the word of the Lord. And uh, Brother Cape, I know you've got some of that good Pepsi water up here, don't you? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, every time he lets me see, he's got his he's got his company issue Coca Cola thing on there. And uh, if you're gonna plow if you're gonna plow mule, you got to give him something to drink. And so uh, we'll let Brother Kate bear take care of that and uh, get me something up here. And again, if I put my coat on tonight, don't let that don't let that offend you. Amen. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter number thirty three. And in three hundred eighty seven years, the southern kingdom of Judah had eight good kings. Thank you, Brother Kate. And 11 bad kings. And so you can make up your mind tonight which one Manasseh was. Um, he, of course, was the son of Hezekiah and Hephzibah, which was the king and queen of Judah. And so the, the entire book of Second Chronicles is about the tribe of Judah, the southern tribe. And so in case you're not aware, uh, in this southern kingdom are the kings of Judah, which is the lineage of, the, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, the lineage of David. Verse number 1 of chapter number 33 of Second Chronicles says, Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 50 and 5 years in Jerusalem, but did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, like unto the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. He said, For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down, and he reared up altars for Balaam, and made groves and worshipped all the host of heaven and served them. Also he built altars in the house of the Lord, whereof the Lord had said in Jerusalem shall my name be forever. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. Also he observed times and used enchantments and used witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit and with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. And he set a carved image, the idol which he had made in the house of God, of which God had said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name forever. Neither will I any more remove the foot of Israel from out of the land which I have appointed for your fathers, so that they will take heed to do all that I have commanded them, according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of Moses. 
So Manasseh made Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to err and to do worse than the heathen whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. And the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people, but they would not hearken. Thank you. You can be seated. I do appreciate you standing. Now, here is this man in the text that began to reign as a boy, 12 years old, and really probably included the co-reigning, if you want to put it that way, with when his father uh, Hezekiah had got sick. So his 55-year reign was the longest and the most wicked of all of the reigning kings in the southern kingdom. Uh, and how could Hezekiah, one of the most godly kings that's been found in the Word of God, have such a child, such a boy, to do what Manasseh did? And again, I've read this text, and were you not shocked when you begin to see the abominations that this man had committed passing the children through the fire and offering them to the heathen gods. And, and uh, I, it's amazing to me, you know, you see how this man had a, had a, a good daddy and a good mama, uh, one of the most godly people in found in the word of God, but then he went astray. And, and it's amazing to me how it seems like plenty of good men have boys that go astray. Samuel had sons who did not follow the Lord. Uh, David, of course, had Absalom and Amnon, a couple of wicked young men out of that lineage. But I want to look tonight at the mistakes of Manasseh. Uh, he made some mistakes. He had a good start, but then he made his own choices and made a bunch of mistakes. First of all, he rebelled against his father. Again, Manasseh was the uh, son of Hezekiah who did have some faults. And let me say something tonight. Young person, your mom and daddy are not perfect and you're not perfect either. And so you need to take the glasses off of criticism and quit putting mom and daddy under such a microscope and say, well, they don't do this right and, and they don't do this right. I tell you, if they're trying to get you to the house of God and they brought you to church tonight, amen, you ought to thank God for them uh, that they brought you to the house of the Lord. Uh, but what happened is Hezekiah did right, the Bible said, in the sight of the Lord. And that, that says a whole lot. If your mom and dad are trying to do right in the sight of the Lord. And I say this tonight, we have a responsibility uh, to do that as well, to do right even though everybody around us may be doing wrong. Thank God there are some desires and some hearts of some parents uh, to do right in the midst of this generation that we live in. Some moms and dads don't even care about anything. If you got a mom and dad that cares enough to get you in church, uh, praise God for it, amen? And if you're here just for Tuesday night so the preacher won't get in and get on you, uh, listen, maybe God will help you tonight, amen, as well, uh, to understand that God wants to take your family and use them for the honor honor and glory of God. His father Hezekiah, he was the king uh, that came before God and he spread out these letters uh, from Judah's enemy King Sennacherib and he said God uh, I'm talking about his daddy Hezekiah Hezekiah said God I want you to look how this heathen king is coming after us and he said he's going to do this and he began to spread his petition out before the Lord and God took care of all of that. He said God I want you to look what they're saying about us, what they're saying about you and so what happened no doubt Manasseh as a little bitty boy saw daddy intercede and saw mom and dad try to live for God. And, and, but he got away from that. And, and let me say this, a good upbringing is no guarantee that you are going to make it because you're going to have to get to a place like Manasseh did and you're going to get to a place where you're going to have to make a choice. You're either going to go with God uh, or you're not, amen? And, and any, 
it, you know, it's amazing to me how people, they'll say, well, you ought to honor this man or you ought to honor that man. And it's amazing to me how children will say, well, you need to honor this or you need to honor that and you need to honor my mom and dad and y'all have done a brilliant job around here of honoring Brother Kate and the Cole Cape family. I've been here for, for a while, for 20-something years and I've watched God bless this church because you've honored the man of God. But I tell you who's honored Brother Kate is the Cape children, amen. They tried to honor him and they tried to bring glory to their dad because of what they did. And my, my thing is, well, if you're going to honor, if you're asking us to honor your parents and you dishonor them in this life, I mean, let, let me say something. When the Bible says honor thy father and mother, it's not just talking about while you're at home. It seems like children think that well, as long as I'm in my house, in mom and daddy's house, I need to honor him. But when I get out, I can do anything I want to. Hey, you won't find that in the Bible. There's an oak tree in my house, uh, and not in my house. It could be any day because it's a leaning, amen. And it could blow over any day. I'm talking about a big old oak tree. But you know why that oak tree's still standing in my yard? Uh, because my daddy don't want me to cut down that oak tree. And I'm a 53-year-old man. But daddy said, son, don't cut down that oak tree. He's got a lot of memories when he was a boy growing up on the farm there and I just hadn't cut the oak tree. My wife's putting pressure on it and I know I ought to just leave and cleave or listen to my wife but I'm just saying honey let's just hold on a little I don't want to dishonor my daddy I don't want to do some things that I know that my daddy would not like it's not sin it's just I don't want to dishonor him. Well listen that's what Manasseh did. He went against everything that daddy stood for and I tell you we got to have a generation coming up next. I let let me say this, old time religion's right, mom and daddy's right, the King James Bible's right, and how we worship is right, amen? I mean, listen, we need to not try to tear things down like Manasseh did. Everything Hezekiah built up, Manasseh came in and tore it down. I mean, listen, Manasseh rejected it. He destroyed all the good that was accomplished in Hezekiah's reign. Why in the world did he do that? Because he rejected the faith. He rebelled against his father, but he rejected the faith. He rejected the teachings that daddy told him. He rejected the teachings that mama had told him. He rebuilt the high places that his father's had. Had, uh, had destroyed. He, he built back the high places once the heathen practices, if you will. They would go out to these groves way up on the mountain and they would worship these little gods and what it was was paganism. And they said, well, the higher you get up on the hill, uh, the closer you'll be to the gods with a little G. And the Bible said this in verse number six of the text. He said, and he caused his children to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Heman. Also, he observed times and used enchantments and witchcraft and dealt with a familiar spirit and with wizards. He wrought much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. He began to erect these altars for Baal. Uh, he began to erect these altars of worshiping of idols in the temple. You can read, that's an, uh, I mean, that's amazing to me. Not only out in the groves, but even in the very house of God, he would erect these, uh, these altars up to these heathen gods and he let his sons pass through the fire, his very own children, he sacrificed them to the gods, the little G. You said, I'd never do that to my child. Well, I see this. I see mom and daddy sacrificing their children to a lot of gods of this world, uh, to the god of football and the god of, I, I mean, listen, I don't want to get off on this and I know y'all look at me and say, well, uh, you know, he don't, listen, I like football. I'd put on one of them, uh, listen, I remember, went back when they had them little old Rydell helmets. It looked like a piece of cheese in the top of them. I could put one of them on tonight. 
Now, I'd break both legs, amen, but I'd like it, amen. I'd enjoy nailing you coming across the middle on a drag pattern. I mean, I'd really like it. And I like a good ball game. Throw me under the bus, please forgive me. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to be carnal. I'm just saying I like the Georgia Bulldogs, amen. At least I ain't a Tennessee fan. Amen. I'm not even trying to promote it, all right? I'm not trying to promote it. But I'm saying, you know, I like sports. I like recreation. I may not look like it, but I like recreation. I like sports. And I, they have their time and their place. But I've watched moms and dads begin to take their children out of church for weekend ball and go and play down in Boynton and be out of the house of God on Wednesday night. I tell you this, you need to know and your child needs to know they ain't nothing more important going on around this outfit than what's going on here at Bible Baptist Church this week. And it ain't because I'm preaching. It's because you got a meeting going on, amen. You, whatever you make a big deal out of, that's what your children's gonna make a big deal out of. You say, well, I've, I don't wanna say, hey, they've sacrificed them to the gods of fashion. I mean, listen, it ain't gonna go hurt your baby. It ain't gonna hurt your boy, praise God. Hey, if they can wear Tommy Hill figures, hallelujah, amen. If they can wear polos, praise God. Let me see what we got right here. What do we got right here, Brother Ricky? George. I know what that is, amen. I'm just kidding. Amen. Hey, if you want to have nice stuff, that's all right. Praise God, Goodwills is full of them. But I'm telling you, you got, you got a daddy that works his fingers to the bone. Then you got children that demand an $85 pair of blue jeans that look like they didn't went through four or five people. They're about two sizes too small. Hey, man, and got a waist on them about that high. I tell you, listen, don't sacrifice your children. You don't have to have the things that this world's got. You don't have to have, I mean, listen, everybody in the whole wide world. I, I remember when Michael Jackson was alive when I was way back when, Back in the Stone Age when I was growing up in high school, everybody had on a pair of leather breeches on like he wore. You're talking about a pretty looking thing. How you like that visual? I'm talking about with a pair of leather breeches on and one glove. You know he wasn't going to work for nothing. Amen. He had one glove on. Everybody running around with one glove on. Why in the world? Well, Michael Jackson had it that way. Well, that's the way it is now. If Justin Bieber does something or Britney Spears does something or somebody else in Hollywood does does something, everybody in the whole house has got to have it, amen. It's as craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. And now you got these people, and I got four teenagers in the same house. So, I mean, listen, old Luke's 20 now. He's about to get married. But, but you say, how much is a quiver in the Bible? You get so many, they make you quiver, that's a quiver full. But at one time, I mean, Luke's still in the house. He's turned 20, but at one time, I had four teenagers in the house. So I understand the pressures of this world. I understand them seeing things. I'm not talking about watching ungodly stuff on television. I'm talking about just simply going down to the grocery store. I'm talking about being exposed to this world. And now you got these mullets. I mean, everybody now, they want a mullet. All the ball people ought to say amen right there, praise God. It's amazing to me how everybody wants to look like the world, act like the world, and dress like the world and be influenced by that. I tell you what blows my mind is he consulted with the soothsayers. That means he dealt with the occult. That means he didn't have no problem in exposing his children uh, to black magic and to the occult and to soothsayers. And the Bible called them necromancers. The Bible said, Deuteronomy 18 verse 2, uh, 10, he said, there shall not be found among you 
anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire or that useth divination or observer of times or enchanter or a witch or a charmer or a consulter with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer, that's a fortune teller. It said, for all those that do these things are abomination unto the Lord and because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. And here's what people do today. They get all upset. If you say anything about some of the television shows, if you say anything about, and I'm gonna say something, where is all this darkness coming from? Why in the world would you want to look like you've been dead four or five days? Amen. I mean, listen, black. I mean, you know, black fingernail polish, and just. I mean, listen, just look like you just look like you've been drugged through the briar patch. I mean, look like you're just sick and about half dead. That's what's popular right now. You say, how do you? Because I see it. I see it. I mean, you know, up purple hair and all that kind of stuff. Listen, and I will say this. Thank God for people. I believe this, Brother Ricky. I believe if you're going to pastor a church in 2021, you're going to have people in it. You ought to have people in it with blue hair, purple hair, tattoos, earrings, and everything else. Amen? If you don't have some of them people in your church, I don't know how much you're doing for God. I'll be honest with you. Because that's just where we live. That, that comes from knocking on doors and telling people about Jesus and they don't know no better. Oh, but that's what the church is for, to tell them better. Brother Randy, well, they don't know no better. Oh, I know that. God's still working on me. You ought to see me when I first got saved. Hey, I had a, I had a do, I had a pompadour is what I had. I mean, listen, I ain't even gonna show y'all none of the pictures when I first got saved. I looked like Benny Hinn and Elvis Presley on a bad day with the top down. That's what I looked like. And God, amen, I stopped and got a haircut today, praise God. Hey, look right under, amen. I mean, it's gone, it's gone. But what I got, I'm gonna try to keep and, you know, stuff like that. But I'll say this, everybody now is so influenced by the ways of the world and they wanna look like the world and now that old darkness and all that kind of stuff. And now it's coming in the home. You wonder why your child can't sleep at night. You wonder why they toss and turn. And then you bring some of that, you bring some of that stuff in the house and I can't remember what it is, and I'm glad Twilight, that's the name of it. Bring your Twilight in the house and what? let them watch a bunch of vampires running around and a bunch of monsters and a bunch of devils and let, let them sit around and play that video game all day with a killing and stabbing all day long and then wonder why they've got so aggressive. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you what, friend, that's devils, that's demonic. You said, well, you know, I would never do that to them. Well, you let those things come in. I hope ain't nobody in here got a lucky rabbit's foot in your pocket. I hope when we went, if we went out in the parking lot, we'd look in your windshield. If there's three, if there's three X's on your windshield, you need to come down here and get right with God. Amen. You say, well, I crossed a black cat and put three X's on the windshield. Shame on you. Amen. We don't believe in luck. We believe in the Lord. We don't believe in a lucky rabbit's foot. Hey, there's a bunch of three-legged rabbits running all around the world and you got one of the foot in your pocket. Amen. I'm telling you, Manasseh pulled down what his father built up. And I mean, that's why we're in the mess that we're in. I'm talking about Manasseh made some mistakes and that mistake, the mistakes he led to get him into a mess and everybody else in a mess. You wonder why we're in a mess today? Now, I'm not talking about cause I'm, pre I'm preaching mild preaching to what some of y'all are used to. 
Hey, there's people in this church that's gone on to be with the Lord. Brother Roach and Brother Kate and some of these old men of God. I mean, listen, some of these folks that remember everybody preached against everything, every service. You say, well, I, we, need to, we need some glory. I like the glory. Praise God for it. Hey, but if you think, if you, are you serious with me tonight? You think we don't need more preaching on sin than we've ever needed? We need more preaching on sin, better preaching than I'll do. But I'm telling you, that's why we're in the shape we're in because we got a bunch of preachers that won't say nothing against nothing. Amen? That's why we're in such a mess. And all... The blame for the future destruction of the southern kingdom was on Manasseh's watch. Jeremiah chapter number 15, I want you to see what God said. What does the Lord think about it? Well, Jeremiah 15 and verse one, he said, then said the Lord unto me, he said, though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. And it shall come to pass if they say unto thee, whither shall we go forth? Then thou shalt tell them, thus saith the Lord, such as are for death, such as are for death to death, and such as are for sword to the sword, and such are for famine to famine, and such are for captivity to the captivity, and I will appoint them over four kinds, saith the Lord, the sword to, to slay, and the dogs to tear, and the fowls of the heaven, and the beast of the earth to devour and destroy, and I will cause them to be removed into all kingdoms of the earth, because of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, for that which he did in Jerusalem. You say, well, it ain't hurt nobody but me. And I'm my own man, and it ain't gonna hurt nobody but me. God said, I'm gonna have to judge you, and I'm gonna have to draw, and he didn't wanna do it, but God will not tolerate sin. He won't let you get by with it, me get by with it, and he penalized a whole generation because of the leadership of that country sinned against God and committed abominations. People say, when when's God going to judge America? If you think God hadn't been judging America, you've been living in the dark. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just telling you, amen. That's the mess. That's why we're in the mess we're in. That's why our children are in such a mess that they're in. And because of our elected officials have been elected to represent the people and they don't do it anymore and they're nothing but a bunch of compromisers and there's no statesmen anymore. And I will say, I ain't trying to hurt nobody's feelings, but my hope tonight is not in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party or sure enough not the Libertarian Party or even your birthday party, amen? My hope is in God and God's still in control. People say, well, we lost the Senate. Well, who's we? Right. Amen, we lost the Senate. Well, I tell you what, we may lost the Senate. If whoever we is, you may lost the Senate. But praise God, he ain't lost his sovereignty. I'm talking about God. Yeah. Amen. I'm telling you, God knows what we need and God knows what's going on in America. That's why I'm glad I'm one of his and it don't matter if gravy goes to $5 a shop and the whole stock market goes all to pieces and falls out tomorrow, God will take care of us. I believe that, amen. I believe God will take care of us. Amen, I believe Smith will take care of us, Weston will take care of us, Glock will take care of us, Colt will take care of us, Beretta will take care of us, Browning will take care of us, Remington will take care of us. Amen. You say, well, don't you trust God, Springfield? Hey, don't you trust God? I say, yeah, I trust God. I just don't trust these other folks. <laughs> Amen. That's right. The Bible said in Isaiah 5, verse 20, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. 
And it's apparent today that our government is not restraining evil behavior. <laughs> Can you believe? I mean, I'm in shock about some of the things. Whether it's voter fraud, yes. Was there improprieties, yes. But I'm gonna say this. There's no improprieties in heaven. There's no voter fraud in heaven. God, for some reason, which I don't like it, I've been tore, I've run the whole gamut of emotions. I've quit watching news, listening to news, don't want to hear it no more. I need to hear some good news at the house of God. And they some come and hang in here right with me now. I got there's a couple of you I'm looking at across the congregation. I'm just about to lose you, all right. I mean, I've almost lost you. You're on life support right now. But just hold on and I'm gonna get you to the oxygen here in just a second, okay? Just hang in here with me. He made some mistakes and it led to a mess. But I want to tell you something that helps me right here. Look at verse number 10 back in the text. Verse number 10. He said, and the Lord spake to Manasseh and to his people. Now you think about what he just said. They're doing abominations, wickedness, ungodliness, and the Lord still spoke to them. He still spoke to the people and they wouldn't hear. Verse 11. Wherefore the Lord brought them brought upon them captains of the host of the king of Assyria, which took Manasseh among the thorns and bound him with fetters and carried him to Babylon. And when he was in affliction, he besought the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed unto him and he was entreated of him and heard his supplication and brought him again to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord, he was God. Yes, Manasseh made some mistakes and I've made some and probably made some tonight. I've made mistakes as a husband. I've made mistakes as a daddy. I know I've made mistakes as a Christian, as a preacher, as a pastor. I've made mistakes and probably some of my mistakes have led to some of the mess that I've made in my life. But I want to say this, if you have made mistakes and your life is a mess, according to the word of God, you can get mercy. Manasseh made mistakes and Manasseh made a mess, but Manasseh got mercy. I tell you, God spoke to Manasseh and he still said no. And God said, I tell you what I'm going to do, Manasseh. And maybe it was the prayers of Hezekiah. Or maybe it was the prayers of Mama Hephzibah. Uh, you ought to shout 15 minutes, your mama ain't named Hephzibah, amen. <laughs> but listen to here, uh, no doubt, I mean, listen, I'm talking about his mama and daddy. Maybe it was the prayers of mom and dad. Maybe it was a spirit-filled grandma that at least had the spirit of God on her back then. Maybe it was, I don't know why, but you know what God did? God said, okay, Manasseh, you're not gonna hearken to my voice, so I'm gonna put you in a bed of thorns. I'm gonna start to afflict you. I'm gonna, people say, well, Lord, I, I, I'll tell you, make their, make their bed sheet short and stuff like that. What they're saying is, God, take the sleep away from them. Choke them. He's a man in my church. His mom and dad began to pray. And they said, God, if he ain't gonna get saved, God, just choke him, Lord. Just choke him. I mean, put him in a tight spot. I put him in a place where he don't have anywhere else to go. And that's what happened to Manasseh. He was defiant and destructive and disobedient. Uh, do you know what happened? His rebellion, his rejection reduced him to a common slave. And Manasseh was taken among the thorns. Uh, but listen, you know what happened? God said, you ain't gonna do wrong and get by. Uh, listen, his mom and daddy done told him right. And your mom and daddy's done told you right. Or your preacher's done told you right. Your Sunday school teacher's done told you right. You're not going to sin and get by. Manasseh didn't either. But I'm going to tell you, when he got in the bed of thorns, 
When God let the bottom fall out on him, when he found himself in captivity and bondage, I tell you what, he called on God. I tell you, I remember 23 years ago, God put me in a bed of thorns. It seemed like everywhere I turned, there was nothing. Everywhere I went was a dead end street. Everywhere I went, I mean, it was all nothing. It was heartbreak and sorrow after heartbreak and after sorrow. And God brought me to the very end of myself. Then I called on the name of the Lord and he did not pass me by. He didn't turn his back and say no. i tell you what he did. He said, I will show you mercy. Buddy, I believe, I still believe in 2021. God's still been making mercy all day long because it's morning somewhere all over the earth and he makes his mercies new every morning. Hey, praise God, he's got enough mercy to change Manasseh. He's got enough mercy to change your family. He's got enough mercy to save your prodigal. He's got enough mercy to change your life. He's got enough mercy to help your home. He's got enough mercy to change this country. Amen. Praise God, I still believe that. I'm sorry. Excuse me if I still think God's God. I know we're in the biggest mess that we've ever been in in our life. But God's mercy toward Manasseh is still available to you and I today. The Bible said in verse 13 that God was entreated of him. That means God was interested in Manasseh. I want to tell you what a lot of people don't want to hear tonight. God's interested in Nancy Pelosi. Ain't that tough. But he is. He loves her just like, just like he loves the most purest person represented in this building tonight. And I'm going to tell you what, you need to be reminded. I'm reminded where I should be tonight, where I could be in 23 years ago. You think I look rough tonight? You ought to see me when the Lord found me. And I tell you, just like he did that prodigal son, when the prodigal said, I will arise and go to my father and say to him, I've sinned before thee in heaven. He said, I'm not even worthy to be, I'm not even worthy to be one of thy sons. Make me as thy hired servant. And listen, I tell you what the father did. The father brought him in and he fed him and he clothed him and he reconciled him and he restored his life because he is the father of mercies. That's what the Bible says about God. That means God is the originator of mercy. God came up with mercy. And God originated mercy for people who needed mercy. You needed mercy on the day you got saved by the grace of God. How many of you would agree that Nancy Pelosi needs to get saved by the grace of God? And anybody else that we could name. And, uh, you know, I don't even want to name, name their names. But I'm saying this. Lamentations 3.22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Now, I know these people that just like to see them all gunned down and see all that kind of stuff like that. I'm gonna tell you, listen, I don't wanna see nobody die and go to hell without God. You know what Jesus did when he looked over the city that the leaders of that place was about to crucify him? He said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that have sinned unto thee, how often would I have gathered thee under my wings? But he said, but you wouldn't. 
He said, therefore, your house is left unto you desolate. But at that very moment, if those people would repent and come to the Lord Jesus Christ, he'd forgive them. I still, you say, well, I don't believe people say, well, they reprobates. They're reprobates. I probably say, I say, well, so-and-so reprobate. This guy's a reprobate and this man's a reprobate. Number one, you don't know that. You don't know where the line is and I don't know where the line is. God will turn them over to reprobate mine. I understand to do those things that are unseemly. I know what the Bible says, but you don't know where that point is and I don't either. I'm going to tell you something tonight. And I'm, I'm not going to mention this, this man's name, but he's a former president. And I have a friend of mine that, that is affiliated, and he knows this to be true. This former president who committed a lot of bad things. If I called his name, you'd know who he is. Committed a lot of bad things in his office. Had a lot of things that, that were against him. Very public, shameful things. But he had a friend that was a pastor in the state of Arkansas. You can figure out who it is. And he called him. And he said, I messed up. And he went to this pastor's home. And the pastor's home, his past, the pastor there, his pastor friend, wife played the piano. They had a piano in the home. And as his wife played the piano of those old hymns, that former president, who you know I'm talking about in Arkansas, wept like a baby. Now listen, here's what people say. Well, he did this and he did that and there's no way God would save that man. I'm going to say this. God would save anybody that would come to him in repentance and faith. God's got mercy for everybody that we're not showing. Hey, listen, I don't like it. I'm mad. I mean, I, there ain't no way. I'm, I'm trying to be angry and sin not. But I come to the conclusion, God, I can't change them. But you can you know when it says who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth? Do you know what the text is right up above that? The verses above that, who will have all men to be saved, come into the knowledge of the truth? It's talking about praying for those who are in authority, kings and all those who are in authority, that you might live a quiet and peaceable life. But this is well-pleasing unto the Lord, who will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth. I tell you, in these days, God's still got mercy. I don't know when his mercy is going to run out and I, I don't know when, when the last I don't know when the last second when the last person that makes up the bride of Christ is set I don't know when that's going to be I know it could happen at any time but up until then my Bible says the Lord has been making mercy he makes his mercies new every morning you say well I've made some mistakes joining the crowd I have too I've made a mess. I have to. I have to. But for every mistake and every mess, when I called on God, he has not turned me away. Now, he's had to make some things rough. He had to do that to get my attention when I was lost. And that's what it was the goodness of God that led me to repentance, that he didn't let me go to hell and he didn't send me to hell when he should have 10,000 times. When I realized that I was under the judgment of God, then I realized that I could find mercy if I asked for it. Mistakes lead to a mess. It don't matter who you are and it don't matter who they are, if they're alive tonight and they have any heartbeat toward God at all, they can find mercy. Let's everybody stand tonight. I'm finished.